Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. My name is Garrett Elliott. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills. And today I'm joined by Pastor Brett and Spring Hills team member Josh Rasmussen to recap week one of our new sermon series, Hope in Uncertain Times. Now, if you missed out on the services this weekend, don't worry. You can check out the full service with the worship included on our YouTube channel or download the free Spring Hills app. And don't forget, each weekend we do stream our services live during our normal service times. It's really cool. Go to springhills.org. You can find out which platforms you can watch it on, on your TV, your tablet, your phone, whatever it is. You can watch it lots of places, and the staff and the Spring Hills team are on there to encourage you, to pray with you. And it's awesome that we can still experience church together online, even though we can't be together in person. So it's really great. Don't miss out on those opportunities. Again, springhills.org to find out where you can watch and experience church live during our normal service times. All right, let's get to the discussion from the sermon series, Hope in Uncertain Times, week one. So welcome back, Pastor Brett and Josh. Welcome for the first time on the Spring Hills Podcast. Good to have you guys here. Thanks for taking the time. Brett, as we get started, I would like to just have you give a little in, input, information on why we're doing this series, where we're going to go with this series, uh, just as we get started with it. Yeah, I was on a, a Zoom call with a bunch of pastors in Northern California, and we were talking about the current format of uh, church online and the uncertainty everybody was feeling. And one of the pastors said to all of us pastors, he said, whatever your next series is, You've got to have the word hope in it. So our team uh, got talking about it and what are we going to, you know, coming out of Easter, what are we going to talk about? And so hope in uncertain times. How's that? It's awesome. I, yeah. Before you even got here, Josh and I were literally talking about how awesome that message was. And I listened to it three times today and I'm not bragging on that. I just really did listen to it three times, but I listened to it three times today and each time listening to it, I was legitimately like, man, this is so good for what everybody's going through right now. When you, you know, when you, yeah. when you look at the scriptures, so much of what the followers, the disciples went through for them was very uncertain. I mean, Jesus would say, okay, we're up and we're leaving. We're going to another town. And it was usually after Jesus had spent time in prayer with his father. And so the disciples really never knew what we're going to do today. And yeah. uh, Jesus even sent the disciples on a missionary journey. And he said, I want you to go two by two, and uh, preach the kingdom of God. Don't take any money. Don't take any extra food or clothing. And if a town receives you, then great. If they don't, then move on to the next. But it's, it's like the walk of faith right? Yeah, is really what, it, uh, what living in uncertain time is. It's, it's the way our lives generally are. We're trusting God. Yeah, and it's hard to do sometimes. Uh, I think we talked about it also, talking about wanting some immediate results with things. And sometimes when you have to trust God in this situation, it's hard to kind of, I mean, uncertain times, we don't know when this is going to be over. We don't know when we're going to yeah. be able to get back to our normal jobs. And, you know, you mentioned some people are, are wondering, am I going to have a job when this is over? And yeah. uh, the different situations that people are in. But yeah, I was just having that, having that hope and, and knowing that you can trust God with it while it could be a process. It's so helpful to, to hear that. Uh, I wrote down here one of the things I appreciate with you in your message today was your, um, your honesty about how you're kind of up and down with this. And it's like, it made me even just be like, Oh man, okay, good. If Brett's up and down with it. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, it helps knowing that other people are going through the same thing. Um, and I think this is an emotionally heightened time for everybody right now. So I think just for everybody to know that, Hey, you're not alone. Like we're all in this together. 
um, I think it's reassuring for a lot of people. People think when I give these messages, you know, that I've got this all together. I, I, <laughs> and I like to try to say in a message that I'm, I'm feeling exactly the same thing you are, a lot of the same things. Um, and actually, when I get to study for these sermons and, and preparation for them, it's really great for me because it helps yeah. me. I've been very up and down uh, with this current uh, shelter in place, very up and down. Sometimes I'm, I'm angry. You know, that they don't just let us get out there. And then other times I'm like, yeah, but it's really serious. And, I, you know, I don't want anybody else to get it. And uh, so uh, I'm all over the map. Right. Uh, but yeah. the thing I keep coming back to is that our uncertain times are not uncertain with God at all. Right. Mm -hmm. This is all, he's totally leading this thing. And he has a plan for our church, for our community. Uh, for our world, he is he is speaking to the world right now to come to him. I and I mean, how that. cool is it to look at it? Also, I I mean, I have conversations with Caitlin all the time, talking about how you know irritated I am at at certain things that are going on, and my opinion on this, and my opinion on that. And then you gave those numbers at the end of your message today about nearly ten thousand people watching at least a portion yeah. of the Easter service. And so I'm like, 10,000 people. Oh my gosh. And then Good Friday was, I forget the number you gave on Almost Good Friday. 6, yeah. Almost 6,000. Mm Almost -hmm. 6. And it's just like, you know what? Like we're, we're also in an age, I keep going back to the, the line that you said a couple weeks ago about, could it be that more people are going to you're the gospel now than ever before. And so then I kind of go like, how dare I get all irritated about this? You know, thing? I heard no. this. <clears throat> Greg Groeschel, who's with Life Church, he's the one who, uh, his group, his church, uh, put together the platform we're using for online church. Okay. So you can go live and people make comments and all that. He said, uh, in an interview I heard today, actually, he said that from their platforms, over 60,000 people came to know Christ last weekend. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, yes, God. Yeah. Look what God's doing. Something something worldwide happening that everybody's, you know, scared about and God, yeah. I mean, that's so cool. God works through it and uh and makes such amazing things happen and then it just makes me go, how dare I I doubt what's going Don't on right doubt. now, you know? Like that's so hard. <laughs> um you had said at the very beginning of your message you had started talking about how cool it would be to have been there with Jesus in the first century to imagine what it would have been like to see the things, um, the, the miracles he was performing. And I often, throughout my own um, Bible studies and devotionals that I do, I like to do that, you know, put myself in the situation of like, what would I have reacted like? And I mentioned on a um, one of our daily devotionals last week or two weeks ago about the burning bush and like, yeah, if that bush was burning and, you know, wasn't wilt wilting away, but then all of a sudden started talking to me. I don't, I don't know how I would react, <laughs> yeah. but that's, a, that's crazy to put yourself in that position. But now talking about all these things, Jesus, all these miracles that the disciples were getting to be there for, um, that was so fun for me just to, to think again about, you know, like to see him heal the lame man or, or the blind man and, uh, and be there for all of that and just to be able to, to really see like, wow, we can, we can trust we can trust God right here. So yeah, that was yeah. something just at the very beginning. I, I liked that you would, you would just. Yeah. And Jesus had two intentions for his signs, his right. miracles. Uh, you know, the gospel writers refer to his miracles as signs. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were signs of his being the Messiah, mm -hmm. you know, prophesied by the Old Testament prophets. They were signs that he really is the Christ. Right. 
Um, and they were signs to the disciples that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So when I uh, pointed out in Matthew 16, Peter's a great statement proclamation, when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was like an aha, you know, good, Peter. And Now Jesus, that you get this. You get it. Jesus says, you know, flesh and blood didn't uh, re- reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And then Jesus, in Matthew, it says, goes right on from there to start talking about going to Jerusalem, being, you know, uh, suffering in Jerusalem, being killed in Jerusalem, and then rising from the dead. And when Peter heard that, he, it didn't fit any of his categories at all. It's right. like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, I think... That was one thing that stood out to me is like when you said that it's a climactic point in the Gospels, um, when, when Peter and Simon realize that, that Jesus is the Son of God, it goes from being this extremely high moment for them, and then all of a sudden, it's like super low when Jesus is talking about the things that are to come and the hardships. Um, and I just think it's really relevant for a lot of people right now as well, because I think there's a lot of people who had a lot of good things going, at least at least for me. Like a lot of good things are going and then this situation just puts a halt to it all. Yeah. Within two weeks. Yeah. You know, twenty twenty. We start the year. Great. Yeah. Everything's going. I've got vision, exciting about excited about my life for this year. And and then within a matter of a month, here we are. I kept yeah. seeing that Will Farrell meme from Anchorman that escalated quickly <laughs> and it just it did I I think it was um I'm, my dates are all messed up now probably everybody's is uh I don't even yeah I forget well, I want, that March it's Sunday. 13th or March 12th when, is whenever when we the Saturday we had the service for it was the first week of teach us to pray I know that um we had the service Saturday and then we had had canceled on Sunday and I remember earlier that week just not having any thought that that would be something that we were going to be doing. And then I think the week before I was hearing about, you know, we're hearing about Italy and how people were being shelter in place and, and all that stuff. And it just, in my mind, it was just like, yeah, that's not going to happen here. Yeah, and I then was telling everybody, was Easter so Sunday, quick. we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. yeah. And now we're, we're looking at months maybe, you know, and it's just, it's kind of like, oh man, that, that's deflating to think of. But yeah, it got here so quick. Like That's good, Josh. You pointed out it goes in the Gospels, it goes from a high point. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, that, it's like the disciples get it, Peter at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to be killed. Right. And then Peter, <laughs> Peter steps up and he pulls Jesus aside. I love, I love aside. how you said that, like, yeah. hey, let me yeah. talk to you for a second. Pulls him aside and basically says, no, you're not. No, you're not. And uh, Jesus says those words, which are like, you know, something for us to think about. He says, get behind me, Satan. Satan. You don't mind the things of God, but the things of man. And it's so uh, we have to like trust God because this is not the picture of our lives. Or even for me as a pastor, it's not the picture of the church. You know, I just came from a Zoom meeting. All right. And uh it's just, that's not what I had in mind for the church. Loving the online stuff we're doing to enhance and to, and to communicate and to keep people connected. But that's not the vision I have for our right. church. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. That's not what you're going to do. So, you know, uncertain times. I mean, right. that was the whole basis of it. Um, 
And Jesus says in John 14, you believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let not your hearts be troubled. Let's go. Um, the first point in your message today was expect your faith to be tested. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys start with this one. Your notes, your, your thoughts. Yeah, I, it, if you look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter says, Don't be surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon you for your testing. All right, and then he goes on with some encouraging words. You know, after you've been tested, uh, God will, you know, will establish you, and the testing will have a good result. But don't be surprised. Um, I guess that's a broad principle for handling uncertain times. When that, trials come. When not trials if, come. Not yeah, if. yeah, when. Uh, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world, for the most part, that has turned its back on God. Right. And so coronavirus is the result of a fallen world. Now, the sovereignty of God is, is over all of this, and it's— much of it is mysterious to us. We usually see the outworking of God's sovereignty as we look back. We're not going to figure this out if we, you know, we're not going to be able to look forward and say, oh, I know exactly what he's going to do. No, no, right. no. But we trust the sovereignty of God. But we, uh, trials come, not uh, if, but when. Jesus right. said in this world, you will have tribulation. Right. Yeah, that was like one thing that I had written down. I think what you said about how we're going to look back on this, um, like hindsight's always twenty twenty. Like in the moment, we can't always see what it is God's doing. Um, but when you come out on the other side of it, that, that's when you really start to realize the goodness of God. And, and something that I truly believe is that you can always find the good in any bad situation, um, no, matter, no matter what it is. And we might not see that until we're on the other side of it, but I think if we can continue to move forward with that perspective, um, yeah, I, I think it makes it a lot easier to walk through life like that. And, and if anything, it makes me turn to God quicker than anything else because believing in what he says, um, that he will work all things for our good, he, he's going to show us the right way, and we just have to continue to walk and trust in that. You know, and that's what he does in the John 14 context. He says, you know, you trust in God, now trust in me. And then he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Right, yeah. You know, and I'm How gonna, do we get there? <laughs> yeah, and then Thomas, you know, how can we know the way? Uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But I'm going to go prepare a place for you, and when it's all finished, I'm going to come again and take you to be with me where I am. And it's like uh, the cross, the uh, Jesus' death for sin, people coming to find, uh, finding forgiveness in Jesus, and having eternal life and a new heaven, new earth. It's like, you don't get it, but I've got to go to the cross in order to bring all of this about. I right. mean, without the cross, there is no eternal life and there is no place to go to. Right. But that, uh, it wasn't until after the resurrection that the disciples put it all together. Right. I mean, they wanted Jesus to overthrow the Romans. They, uh, you know, he's the Messiah. Their idea of a Messiah was not a suffering savior. It, it was a, a powerful warrior. warrior. Mm-hmm. And they missed Isaiah 53 and Psalm uh, 2 and other Psalms. They, they missed the prophecies regarding the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. right? That would come and would be sacrificed for the sins of the world. But the point is, Trusting God, there's some good coming out of it. To your point, Josh, God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So let's look for it. Right. Yeah. Let's look for it. 
No, he when Peter uh, when Peter rebuked Jesus, he was setting his mind on things of man, uh, not things of God. So for people who are listening to this, let's dig in a little bit to what are things of God, um, and then how do things of God eliminate our pride, deepen our reliance on God's Spirit for guidance and understanding. That's that's a great, uh, really great question. What are the things of God? Okay, here's how we know. I mean, my I'm a preacher of the Word, right? So as a preacher of the word, right. that's what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm correct. All, I'm Brett. also a podcast, guy. <laughs> uh, but as a preacher of the yeah, word, I've had you in here a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. which is fun. Uh, uh, as a preacher of the word, what am I doing? What do I do every week? What did I do today on the in the online sermon? What did I do? I'm trying to help everyone understand the things of God. Right. And so the things of God, uh, you know, it's His kingdom that is growing spiritually now and will be in the future something that's on the earth right when you come to faith in christ you become part of this kingdom and then we're ambassadors for christ so really as christians the things of god we look at this coronavirus shelter in place the world sitting at home as an opportunity right not as something that oh no this is terrible not as suffering not as suffering Mm -hmm. Uh, not to deny all that, and I know I get pretty positive on podcasts and sermons and all that, but believe me, when I go home and I'm by myself, I'm not as quite as optimistic and cheery. I have to come back to the Scripture, but the things of God are the things revealed in the Scripture, the truth of what who God is and what He's doing. Right. Yeah, I think I've had... I've definitely had my ups and downs through this time. Um, like some days I'm motivated and some days I'm trusting God. And then there's other days where it's like, man, I don't, I don't know if I even understand all this or if I get it. Like you mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, like sometimes I don't know if I get it. Like, like, what does that mean? Um, you're in good company cause the disciples didn't either. Yeah. So feel good about and that. And they were with Jesus. <laughs> during- were with yeah, them. exactly. And, and I think that's something a lot of other people can relate to as well. Um, and one, one thing, a, a verse that comes to mind, and I heard Tim Tebow preaching yeah. on it. Like he yeah. had posted something on his Instagram, um, John sixteen thirty three, where Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And I think through things like this, that, that's a conscious choice you have to make. I find that my pride gets in the way sometimes. Yes. And it's easy to sulk in, in your sorrows or to be upset and just to kind of let it all consume you. And you have to continually make that choice to trust God and, and to choose that what he says is, is greater for your life. I think, you know, Josh, you being a millennial, uh, you know, having just graduated from college and um, you, your generation and my generation, I mean, I'm a baby boomer. Okay. So my generation too, but particularly yours, you're coming out of college with really uncertain times. I mean, the economy was doing so well, right? And Mm -hmm. it was like, there was hope. There's a, there's a job out there. There's, you know, my education is going to really pay off and all of that. And you have, uh, you're, you're now in a position of what is my future? What's going to happen with the economy? And people are being laid off uh, from their jobs. And then, you hear so much about uh, world, the whole world is in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I think uh, for your generation, for every generation, but in particular, you've, you've had to endure quite a bit of uncertainty. And um, which I would say on the positive side from the God view of things, 
is going to lead to your faith being ever stronger for going yeah. through this. And just, as we said in the message, you say, hang on. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, cutting yourself some slack, like when you when you can't hang on, I think it's okay to just kind of give up and be straight up with God about that and 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 cry out to him and trust that, you know, like when you don't have the strength to do that on your own, in time, whether it's within a couple minutes, you just take a couple minutes to like cool off and see the bigger picture or a couple days or a couple weeks, his grace will sustain you and will be there to lift you back up. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. You don't want, the last thing you want to do is try to be super spiritual at a time like this. People have real emotions of sadness, mm-hmm. of uh, fear. And um, yeah, I don't think anywhere in the scripture would it tell us not to have emotion. It's, it's what we do with it, you know? Right. Yeah. What we do it. Bring your fears, cast your cares upon the Lord, it says in First Peter uh, 5, 7. Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And then when you read the Psalms, David and others, I'm afraid and there's enemies all around and, and God, go get them and, and put me on a rock and you're my stronghold. It's, it's a real, uh, we've talked about in other podcasts too, a real relationship with God, right. which is what prayer is, mm-hmm. real emotions with a God who's there and who loves you. Right. Yeah. I always come back to be still and know that I'm God. Mm. And then um, just thinking about this as well, just kind of the the question that's come up in my own mind over this whole deal. And I try not to, I try not to overreact because um, I, I, I've talked about this a few times just through our, I mean, the, the topics that we've been talking about since we started this podcast has lent itself to this kind of conversation where I've, I've mentioned the question that comes up is what am I going to do? about mm-hmm. yes. such and such. What am I going to do about this? You know, my wife's business is non-existent right now because she's not allowed to be working. And so financials is a big question on yeah. our on our end. And like, I know people are dealing with all kinds of things, um, especially there's people dealing not only with uh, financial hardship, but then there's people dealing with the health side of it too. And all the, the um, I mean, just the, the uncertainty, right? Um, going into this next part though, is kind of where, I'm going with this is guard your heart from being troubled. And that's hard to do to guard your heart from being troubled when you've got people reacting, either some people are overreacting, some people are underreacting, and some people are, um, you know, they're trying to help by being optimistic. And other people are like, that's not helping by being optimistic right now because you're just making it sound like nothing bad is happening, you know? And it's just kind of, it's just chaotic. Uh, So guard your heart from being troubled. Um, John 14, one, let's let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, what can we just as, as a church family right now, what can we say to our, our church family about if your heart is troubled right now, let's, let's just kind of dig into that. How can we be encouraging people, uh, not just us to them, but for our church family to be encouraging the people around them? That's really good. The first thing is like you just said, you don't want to be like, Hey, everybody. It's fine. Pastor said it's going to be great. So you're not letting people feel what they're feeling. I pointed out in the message that uh, the word troubled in the Greek is terasso. And I like that word, terasso. And it means to be agitated. It means to be, you know, sort of thrown uh, back and forth. The disciples were terasso troubled when uh, they were on the sea. And Jesus was troubled in the garden when he was praying before the crucifixion. There's, it's an emotion, right? but you don't want to let your heart see that it's when it gets to your heart, which the heart in scripture 
cardia in Greek, from which we get cardiac, of course, uh, is... So cardia, cardia terrasso. Yes. Don't let mene cardia terrasso. But the, the heart is the center of you. That's where mm. your decisions are made, your heart. It's, you know, we're to keep our heart. We're to love, we love the Lord with our whole heart. It's, right. it's really the center of your emotions and your will and who you are. So you, you, it's okay to feel things, but you don't want to be controlled. Yeah, Cons- you don't want it to consume you. Yeah, like and that, you, that was one thing that Josh. stood out to me in the sermon was you, you can't, react off of emotion. And I think for a lot of people who are struggling with, you know, what am I going to do with work after this? Like I, there's a lot of uncertainty in certain situations in our lives. And, and that goes for me as well. And, uh, for me, it's especially with work. It's like, do I want to continue on the path that I am on, especially just being out of college? Um, this is a time where I have opportunities, but a lot of those opportunities are kind of on hold right now. Um, I think not making a decision based on that, like when, when this is a little bit of an emotionally heightened time for us. And, and I think that's where this situation is a little frustrating because it's like, okay, we have to wait until this kind of all blows over, but you don't want to make an irrational decision based out of emotion. Right. Right. That's it. And that's what a troubled, a lot of people, a troubled heart would be being controlled by their fear right now or their worry. And, so there is lack of sleep and there's discouragement and hopelessness and depression and, you know, and all the things that goes, that goes with it. So how can we encourage other people in the church? I mean, the more we can share scriptural promises without making people mm-hmm. feel, you know, like, hey, you don't measure up to this. But just sharing a scriptural promise, just that when I go to prepare a place for you, um, you pointed out John sixteen thirty three. Uh, Josh was just so good about, I've overcome the world. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. Uh, Any scriptures that can get into our thinking and our mind uh, will, as we ponder them, meditate on them, they will affect the condition of our heart. And uh, so that's what Jesus is getting at. Don't let your heart go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing these daily devotionals, and we call it sharing hope. Yeah, and you um, you know the daily devotionals, and if you if you haven't seen any of these devotionals, we share them on Facebook and on Instagram, so you can follow uh, the Spring Hills pages for those. And every day, um, except for Sundays, because we have the service going on, but every day there's a different uh, team member that shares a three to you know five or six minute devotional, and that can also be really helpful. I mean, there's th- there's times we talk as a staff. You know, I get a text message from Brett just about every day, encouraging whoever it was that shared the devotional, saying that was awesome, yeah. good job, that yeah. was so so encouraging. And um, so yeah, it's really not even just helpful for people uh, within our church, but also the staff that's still going. Keep we're still working, we're still yeah. going forward yeah. to try yeah. to to try to uh, to to keep getting the the church keep moving with our church. Uh, yeah events and things. So. Yeah. And I think that's great too, that, you know, whether it's sending a text, encouraging somebody, um, for the devotional or just, just in general, I think that's, that's a good way to kind of forget about everything else going on. Like even when, when you're frustrated, one way that you can really help yourself and others is to, to use your gifts to help other people out. Um, I think that's one way God will really work through a bad situation, both, both in our hearts and in other people's, whether it's, you know, sending that encouraging text or, um, 
you know, Judah Smith had talked about this and said, you know, some people are, are financially gifted and able to give people money or, or to donate in certain times like this, like whatever your gift is, whether it's encouraging people or money or, or whatever, I think using those, um, and, and Paul talks about that in Timothy, um, when, when Timothy's struggling with his, his own difficulties, Paul says, use the gifts that you've been given. Yes. And I, I think that's a really good way to kind of set all this aside and help yeah, yourself. And you guys it. are doing some cool things with students. I yeah, mean, with motion awesome. nights and uh, YouTubes and um, I love seeing that. It's I been think fun. I, I'm really burdened for students. Yeah. Um, being troubled. I mean, they, they really need to be with each other. They need to really, they need to be out. They need to, you know, um, communicate, socialize, if you will. Well, we were built for community. Yeah. And right now it's like community is all happening virtually. And it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that we have that resource, but you know, cause 30 years ago, if this was happening, we yeah. wouldn't have that resource. Absolutely. But still just being with people in person. Um, you know, and I joke about it a lot, you know, free the extroverts, but that's, that's just kind of a joke. And I'm like, no, but in all seriousness, like we miss people, like yeah. we miss being yeah. around. We need our community. Yeah. Garrett and I were talking about this earlier. Like I, I enjoy my, my one or two days alone, but I, I need to be around people. So I think again, everybody's feeling that like in some way or another. Right. Yeah. Uh, nothing is uncertain to God. I, this was, um, I mean, the points here that you have are so, so great. Just, uh, there's so much you can unpack in each one of them. Nothing uncertain to God though. I was thinking about how comforting it is just to be, uh, you had mentioned, I think it was last week or the week before when Kiki was young and you had, you had said like, are you worried about if the mortgage is going to get paid? (laughs) And she's no, I forget what the questions were exactly, but just having the comfort of knowing that, um, you know, like my, my dad growing up, if I knew my dad had it under control. I just knew I didn't have to worry about things. And so that, that's kind of where I thought with that, nothing is uncertain to God. I know God's got it in control. And that's, even though it's hard to trust that and have faith all the time, when you feel like your world is crumbling around you, it's still something that is not, it's not changing. Mm -hmm. God is never changing. He is, uh, he's always, he's always certain he's always got his plan and his plan is going to be better than mine. Yeah. No matter how much pride I have sometimes in thinking. And it may involve, as you, as we've talked about, it may involve suffering in this world and it may involve things that, wow, we're having to really hang on. I mean, if you, if you look at scripture, certainly as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, things are going to get difficult when he, before he comes back. And, um, part of it's, you know, let's get equipped now. Let's get strong in our, understanding of truth now so that should things, you know, uh, turn for the worst in some ways, we won't be thrown in our faith. Mm-hmm. But mm. uh, God is not, nothing's uncertain to God. I have to remind myself of that, of that because I, I've noticed I've been kind of exhausted. I'm tired mm. more. And, and it's like, why are you so exhausted emotionally? And I think part of it's because I watch these news briefings and I watch um, you know, the numbers of how many infected and how many die. And, and then I hear about the federal reserve printing money to help guys stay in their business. And I think about national debt and I think about, uh, people you losing, snowball. you yeah, know, I know I'm telling you, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so tired. Cause you know, I could, should I call somebody at the, you know, at the, the, a white house and share what I think, you know, I mean, it's like, I can't do this. So, uh, it, 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 that's the big principle. You trust in God, trust also in me. 
Right. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, he's the alpha. He's the omega. Uh, he's the beginning and the end. I mean, they're, they're, he's eternal. He's right. over and above time. He's running the show. He's, he's the center of everything. He's got it. He's the sustainer. And he will take care of his children. Right. I mean, you're in, no, you're in the best place you could possibly be being a child of God. Mm. That's take comfort in that. He knows your needs before you ask him. He knows you need food. He knows you need shelter. He knows you need clothing. He knows all of that. And uh, he takes care of the birds. He's going to take care of you. Right. I was uh, thinking about the, just the, the thing that when God says, I am, uh, he says to Moses, tell them that I am sent you. And I had written down all these things and it was actually much longer than this, but just a couple of them of just like, I am the center of everything and I am taking care of it. I'm the owner. I'm the Lord. I'm the creator. And then I went to, I am not. If God is, I am, I am not. And then one thing that I wrote, and it's near the top of my list is, I am not holding it all together. And it's just a reminder (laughs) of like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to have that pressure to hold it on together, especially as like a father and a husband. Like, I feel like I have to be the one holding it all together. And I feel that pressure to be like, I'm going to take care of everything. And then it's like, what? That's not, that's not the example I want to be setting to my boys. I want to be setting the example of, no, we're going to rely on God because he is the sustainer. He is the provider. He's the, he's Lord. I am not, I am not the savior. That's great. I like that. I I could preach on that. (laughs) Take your, I am nots and replace them with the great. I am. Yeah. And then we could do that song. The great I am is that oh the good name of yeah. The song? I yeah oh yeah we used to yeah, sing, the great well, I, I am we used to sing a song all the time Some that of these, was a, if you're listening to this right now you need to go to YouTube and you need to search is it called great I am yeah I think yeah it's called, the great I am I forget uh search the song or if you're on Spotify you can just search it but the great yeah you know I when am. you're on Spotify looking up the Spring Hills podcast yes now exactly. I want you to do that I want you shameless to, plug <laughs> I want you to look up the great I am that song and I want you to just listen to it. Okay, I'm gonna do that tonight. I think it was a gateway. Is the gate? Is it a gateway worship song? I, I forget know. who. Forget who sang that. The great um, I am is a good song. And, and think about Moses being called by the great I am. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well. Anything before we move on to the to point number four? Anything else with nothing is uncertain to God. I think Jeremiah twenty nine eleven comes to mind for me. Right. I mean, as popular of a verse as that is, it it's so relevant and it's so true and even. I mean, for me, a couple nights ago, I had, you know, it, it was definitely one of the lower points where you're just feeling frustrated and, and just, just kind of irritated with this whole situation. And that was just the verse that popped into my head. And I think that's, that's one really cool thing about being kind of in tune with, with what God's doing in your life is, is he'll pop certain verses like that. Just yeah, and mind. I love how it starts. I yeah. know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans. Yeah. We're like, okay, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> tell me now. Uh, tell me now. I know the plans. How long is this going to last? Yeah. What's yeah. the fix? Tell to, me how to do this. To, you know, to do good. Yeah. And not to bring harm, uh, to give you life. And how does it go? I don't know. Do you have it there in front of you? Uh, the Isaiah 29. You mean you don't 11. have the entire I don't have, Bible uh, memorized? Bro. Wow. Jeremiah. Did I just say Isaiah? <laughs> Jer- don't, are you, everybody's like, where is it? Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Right? I know the plans. I have you, says the Lord, to do good and not harm. And to give you a future and Yes, to give you a future you. and a hope. Yeah. Right. Hope. There's that word. Ooh, maybe we should hope. use that verse in this series. That's a good one. Hope. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so point number four. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. Jeremiah is speaking to people 
in Babylon, the people of God who are in bondage in Babylon. Oh, I did not know that. More, yes. rel- more relevant than we thought. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's Jeremiah saying, God's going to bring you out of this. Yeah. Um, he has a future for you. Yeah. Even though you're in Babylon hating what's happening. Right. Um, there's this question that was on our, our church's uh, discussion questions that we send out to small groups and things. And it's the final question on this list that says, what are some, what are some of your false faiths? False faiths being something you are believing in to provide for you, lift you up, get you where you need to go, or meet your many needs. God is willing and able to exchange our ashes for his beautiful truth during times when we fall apart. Um, yeah, so what are, your, what are some of your false faiths? Okay, so that, that's coming out of the Randy Alcorn quote. Right, yeah, and that's quote. I don't know if you have that. I should have started with that. I do right here, actually. Yeah, why don't you read when that? People, this is the Randy Alcorn Randy Alcorn quote, when people lose their faith because of suffering, it's usually a weak or nominal faith that doesn't account for or prepare them for evil and suffering. I believe that any faith not based on truth needs to be lost. The sooner the better. Losing your faith may be God's gift to you only when you jettison ungrounded and untrue faith can, re- can you replace it with valid faith in the truth, uh, in the truth of God. Faith that can pass and even find strength in the mo- the most formidable of life's tests. Yeah, so it's the idea that uh, if you have a nominal faith in name only, it, it's like you have uh, you've come to God maybe with certain an agenda for God. He's gonna you know it's gonna be good for your family. It's gonna be good for you personally. It's gonna it's gonna prosper you. Um, you're, you've, you've constructed a faith based on your own sort of ideas. Mm. And this is what God's going to do. You know, my kids will always be healthy and they'll never get cancer. And I'll never, you know, I won't lose my job. Um, these kind of pandemics will not happen. And so what Alcorn is saying is if your faith is not grounded in biblical truth, you know, uh, in this world, you will have tribula- tribulation. Or, or Peter, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon you for your testing. I mean, if your faith is grounded in just your idea and not the Bible, it needs mm. to be jettisoned. I mm. love that word, jettisoned. I know, that's a cool word. You know, get rid of it and lose it because it's not, it's not going to endure. The sooner the better. The sooner the better. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, what is my faith? My, my faith that needs to be jettisoned is probably that... We'll come out of this quickly. I know, right? And the church will get back and we'll start thriving again and we'll start doing all the things we want to do. Is that what's going to happen? Or, you know, not to freak anybody out, are we going to have a worldwide depression and this is going to last for five, 10 years? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It kind of felt, you know, I mean, looking at looking at things, 2017, we had the fires here in Santa Rosa and huh. that was, you had said the words, guys, get ready for the new normal. And yeah. it was immediately I'm just like, Oh no. Like I, I liked, I liked our normal. Like that was, I was good with that, you know, like that kind of thing. And then, um, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting the way that just the kind of the time that we were going through with the, the gift of time, I'll be positive about it and say, we have a little bit of the gift of time right now. And, um, thinking through the timeline of what Sonoma County has dealt with over the, over the last three and a half years or so, Mm. and, or two and a half years. And just thinking like, these are the uh, the times where I've seen myself go, oh no, what are we going to do? And then just the way that God's worked through each and every one of them. 
And then just to be thinking like, oh, we're going to be out of this quickly. And then I just look back and I go, every time we say that, something else happens. Something else. If For you guys listening right now, read, read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, which is the whole hall of fame of faith. We're talking about true faith. And uh, starts out so amazing, you know, Noah built the ark by faith and Abraham left his country by faith and, and uh, some amazing things. Moses took the people through the Red Sea by faith and all these things. But it, it, keep reading uh, when you get down to verse uh, 36, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. Uh, they were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They were, they went about in skins of sheep, goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Ooh, mm. you know what I'm saying here. Uh, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. If, if your faith doesn't include suffering, then it's not a true faith. Right. When I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not, I don't want this. Yeah. But am I going to be surprised if things get even worse? No, no. Yeah. Will I trust God through that? I pray and hope I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm, I just start thinking of, of James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy when you meet trials, when you meet trials, not if, of, of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and the ste- let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Yeah, and then to go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And and kind of to your point, Garrett, like with when Pastor Brett said this is going to kind of become the new normal, looking back on everything that's happened over the last couple of years, it just seems like it's one thing after the next. And I think we have to remember, and, and Paul says this in Hebrews, like our faith, we, we have to run this race with endurance. And Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's never going to be easy. There's going to be suffering involved. And then to the verse in James, like it, it produces perseverance. Like we have to endure these things because that's what's going to refine our faith and continue to perfect us. Right. And if the new normal causes us to have more faith, great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it will. It will. I mean, God will work. This is, this is the goodness of God. Right. He will work through this for our good. Mm-hmm. We have to just understand that. I mean, I, I look at the suffering and I go, oh, I don't want to suffer. I don't like to suffer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bring, you know, bring the... Well, yeah. even Jesus, Lord, is there any other way? Is there any yeah. other way? Yeah, nobody wants to suffer. Right. I no. mean, that would be crazy. I, you know, however, if we do, we're not surprised. And then number two, God's going to work good in our life. And he's, he's already, I mean, 60,000 people except yeah. Christ. Crazy. And that's just through the one platform statistics, yeah, right? I mean, one that's, weekend. That's just, that's amazing. Um, the last point was hang on to Jesus. Um, such a simple point, just those four words, hang on to Jesus. Uh, I love that. It's such a good reminder to not hang on to, and I'll go back to my own um, false faiths, hanging on to something else, but hanging on to finances or hanging on to uh, whatever it is that I think can help fix these problems. Um, but yeah, just to hang on to Jesus. I like what Josh mentioned, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, verse 2, looking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, the founder, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, uh, hang on to Jesus. Look at Jesus. Okay, so he endured the cross. There's the suffering. But for the joy set before him, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go, I'll come and take you to be where I am. We, we endure because we're looking forward to the joy set before us. Right. To hearing that commendation from the Lord, well done, good and faithful uh, servant, you know, enter the joy of your master. Um, so hang on to Jesus for strength, for provision, for power, for grace, and hang on to Jesus because, look, he's seated at the right hand of God. That's where you're going, too. Right, yeah. You're going to get there, and he's going to get you there. I think it's easy to lose perspective sometimes, and and again, at least for myself it is. And one thing that I've found helps me is, is writing that down and proclaiming God's truth over your life, like proclaiming that. You know, I'm looking to Jesus like there are good things coming. He has good plans for me. Yes. Write that somewhere where you can see it. For me, I have sticky notes above my desk, and I, I, just, I just put them there. So I see it every morning, and I think it just it, it's constantly going to be there to remind you and, and keep you kind of, keep those thoughts at the forefront of your mind. Yes. Yeah. Cause our minds get, uh, we, we, it has to be a daily renewal in mm-hmm. the truth, getting back to jettison false truth and replace it with truth or false faith, excuse me, mm-hmm. jettison false faith and replace it with true faith. And you get that true faith by the truth that's in the scripture. Right. Jesus said, I am the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hang on to the truth that's in Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, uh, John fourteen six. Uh, after Thomas says in in the verse before, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus responds with, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Um, but I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father. That's uh." It, it is something that I, it's, it's sad to me that I have to be reminded of this stuff, that I have to, that I have to rely on a sticky note or on, a, you know, a background on my phone or something <laughs> yeah. to remind me to have faith. Like, hey, don't lose heart. Don't let your heart be troubled. Why do I have to be reminded of that when God over and over and over and over in my life has shown me that I can trust that he's, mm. that, that he's going to take care of it, that he's got it in his hands and that, um, that there's nothing uncertain to him. Um, but yeah, so hang on to Jesus. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts here on on the last point. I thought it was really cool too when you mentioned how how Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to help guide us, yes. and, and you gave yes. the analogy of you know you can ask somebody for directions and they can try to explain it to you, and and, and you can try to find your way, or that person can <laughs> jump in the, the car with tracks, you. You've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, or you can have somebody jump in the car with you. Be like, hey, let me show you. Let me show you where to go. Like, I'll take you right there. In this whole context of don't be troubled, right? Don't let your hearts be troubled. And then down in verse sixteen of uh, John fourteen, and I will ask the Father; He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth. And then down in verse uh, eighteen, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, in this passage, it because Thomas says, or Philip, Philip says. Show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And Jesus says, Philip, have I been with you so long, and you don't recognize me? It's like, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. Then Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and I'm coming too. It's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Our God is three persons with one essence. So when he sends the Holy Spirit, he's coming along too, and so is the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the exact representation of the father. So 
you you not only have the comfort of the spirit, you got the father with you and the son with you too. Right. So you're not alone in this, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're going to face. That maybe that's a good way to close it out uh, would be to say you're not alone. Yes. Yeah. And there's hope. There's hope. And there's hope. Uh, Want to give us a, uh, a quick trailer into next week? Yeah. So next week, um, don't want to ruin it. For no, 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 no spoilers, please. <laughs> I'm going to talk about another uncertain time. Okay. In scripture. And that's going to be the whole thing uh, with this series is take uncertain times and then uh, draw out principles for dealing with uncertain times, finding hope. So, I love the one I'm going to talk about next week, but you're just going to have to come online to find out. Yes, check it out online. You can find where we stream our services, 5.30 on Saturday night, and then all of our normal times on Sunday, including a Sunday night one. We still have the Sunday night one, right? Uh, I don't we think cut we that d- one? I don't know. I don't, yeah. yes. I, think, I don't think we do it live on Sunday night. We did for Got Easter, it. I think, but not live now. But they can always watch it on demand at uh, YouTube and springhills.org. Right. Well, yeah, that was another out. thing I was going to say is, like, go back and watch these again because I think – just, just myself doing that, like last night and then this morning, you pick up on things that, that you didn't get the first time. Right. And I, I think that's... And God's... I mean, it's the same way reading scripture over... When you read the same thing that you've read before, God's going to work in your heart in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Um, do the same thing with these messages. So yeah, you can listen to the messages we've had. They're all... We have them all over the place. They're on the podcast, on YouTube, and um, on the Spring Hills app. You can find them everywhere you, you look for Spring Hills stuff. They're there, so you can check them out. All right. Well, thank you guys for doing this. And Brett, we look forward to week number two of Hope in Uncertain Times. Thank you to Pastor Brett and Josh for joining me to talk more about week one. Be sure to join us next weekend. We stream all of our services live during our normal service times. Go to springhills.org to find out where you can watch that and interact with us live during the service. We hope you have a great week and we will see you at church online.